0: church family. Uh, if you have that YouVersion Bible app, you can go to the events page on the bottom right-hand corner and open that up, and uh, you can follow along with the points and the scriptures as we go today. But we're really going to unpack several verses of scripture this morning in John 15, so you'll just want to keep your Bible open there this morning. So uh, so we're on day seven of a fast, so let me ask, ask you this morning, how's everybody doing? Everybody doing okay this morning? I had somebody who told me Wednesday night, they said, Pastor, it sure is hard to pray and concentrate on the Lord with a headache and a backache. And I said, well, Thursday and Friday is coming. And usually, uh, as we're detoxing from caffeine and sugar and all that different stuff, usually by uh, Thursday or Friday, you kind of hit that sweet spot. So I hope you've hit that sweet spot in the fast. And I just want to commend you guys Because this first week has been incredible. Last Sunday, we were, I mean, literally packed in two services, another full service here at 9 o'clock. Wednesday night, we had, I think, over 260, 80, 265 people here Wednesday night. Did you hear what I said? Wednesday night. we We had around 60 people here on Monday night for Monday night prayer. And so we're, we're just going to go into week two of this fast, just believing that things are going to get even better as we go through it. So I want to ask Jim, if you'll grab that stack, and Gray, if you'll grab that stack. If you've not received, maybe you weren't here last week, if you've not received one of our prayer and fasting guides, hold your hand up, just, just wave your hand at them, and they'll make sure you get one of these. And uh, you can still jump in. It's not too late. We want you to be a part of what we're doing as a church family as we're spending this time together in prayer and fasting. Uh, I also want to mention to you that if you go to our website and you go to the page where the fasting and prayer page that has 21 days on it, you'll if you'll scroll down, you'll see right there on that page a, um, some wallpaper that's at the bottom that you can take that wallpaper for your phone. It's different graphics from... Abide in Me from this series that we're in, and you can take those and you can use them on your phone or however you want to, and just something that we, we want to make available to you. But a couple of things I want to share on the screen this morning, I want to remind you that tomorrow night at uh, 6.30 p.m. we'll continue with our Monday nights of prayer. Uh, this, this past week we prayed in Kid City, uh, tomorrow night we're going to be praying over the youth movement. And the Family Life Center and the following week we'll be back in here. So I hope you'll join us tomorrow night for prayer at, uh, at 630. And then this week we're going to be uh, praying over several prayer points. As we're praying, I hope you're noticing, each week we're praying through our Love Your City vision. To hear His heart, show His love, and see His kingdom. And last week... We prayed through hear his heart. This week, we're gonna be th- praying through show his love. And so let's just kind of look at those real quick. Tomorrow, we're gonna to be praying our abide in me theme over you and your family. And we're gonna unpack that here in just a minute. Uh, Tuesday, we're gonna be praying for boldness and discernment that we stand for biblical truth in a woke culture. Good thing to pray about, church. Amen. Amen. That we also pray for spiritual maturity among our church family, from the youngest to the oldest. On a Wednesday, we'll be praying our love for our Love Your City vision. And uh, we're going to have another Love Your City Sunday coming up on May the 21st where we don't have church, but we go out and we are the church. And we had 300 people last year on the third Sunday in May who went out and served our community. We're going to do that again this year. And here's what I want to ask you to pray. I want to ask ask you to pray for people to, to work that day, to serve, and pray for projects. Last year, we prayed for projects and asked the Lord to send us the places and the people who needed us most, and he did. And so we're beginning that process now, so I want to ask you to pray for that. And then pray for our existing projects and that the Lord leads us to new things this year. Thursday, we'll be praying for the protection of the unity of our church family, our fellowship. And our mission. If you've been a part of our church family for any amount of time, you've heard me say that we are blessed at Rinkin Church of God to have a unified body of believers. We don't deal with a lot of garbage around here, is what I'm saying. And that's because the Holy Spirit is at work in us. But what I also say to you very often, is that in order for it to stay where it's at, the enemy doesn't like what's going on here. Does anybody know that? And he would love to get in and cause division and discord, but how do we stop that? We pray and we protect the unity. I say it all the time. It is our job to protect the unity of this house, amen? And one of the ways we do that is through prayer. Friday, we're gonna be praying for marriages And for families. And that's a good point. An opportunity for me to push our marriage weekend that's coming up February 3rd and 4th. You can register for that online. Saturday we're going to be praying for jobs and finances and generosity. And, And one of the prayers that we pray the most around here. Is that God will help us to be wise stewards of the people and the finances that he is giving to us. And then next Sunday... We'll be finishing up the week by praying for salvation of the lost, praying for spiritual, numerical, and physical growth, and praying for wisdom for the use and development of the five acres behind the Life Center. We need, we're growing, and we're growing quickly, and we need to do something about that. And, uh, and I need your prayers, because this is probably the scariest thing I've ever done as a pastor, is to begin to think about what may be next. But there is a next for Rankin Church of God, amen? This county is growing at an, uh, at an unbelievable rate, and that means that we should be growing as well. Amen? And, uh, and this room, we got 250 seats on the floor. It can't hold everybody who's coming. And I really don't want to do six services on a Sunday. I know they do it in Indonesia. I don't know how they do it, but, but I kind of like just doing two. But we'll do whatever we got to do to reach the people that God is sending us. I guarantee you that. So help me pray about that so one more thing let me give you a word of encouragement okay as we're heading into this last week of the fast all right I love this quote from Pastor Jensen Franklin who says this don't allow the enemies of your life to cause you to focus more on your appetite and your circumstances than the promises of God that are released when you employ the powerful weapon of fasting as you continue into week two It's going to get a little bit tougher. I was watching football last night, and there was that Zaxby's commercial. Every year, over and over and over. And Tressa looked at me, she said, I know what I want the day we get off the fast. I said, I was thinking about the same thing. But don't allow those things to keep you from understanding what's happening in the spirit world when we employ the powerful weapon of fasting. Amen? All right, so this morning... We are going to really dig into this Abide in Me series. Last, last week, we, we talked about 2022, we talked about the fast, but today I really want to unpack the meaning of this phrase, of this theme for us for 2023. So let's look at John chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 8. These are the words of Jesus I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch that's withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this... My Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence that's already here today. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray this morning that as I share this message that you've laid on my heart today, I pray for spiritual growth in the lives of your people today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict us of areas in our lives that that need to be illuminated through the Spirit today. I pray, Lord, today that our hearts and our ears and our minds would be good soil where this Word can find deep root and produce a bountiful, a bountiful harvest. Lord, let us leave changed and challenged through the conviction of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, for those of you who've been around here for a while and heard me preach, it probably wouldn't take even a few weeks to hear me preach and talk about food. And I got to admit that uh, as I was thinking about this week, most of the time when I talk about food, it's not healthy food. I usually am talking about Krispy Kreme donuts and Chick-fil-A sandwiches and um, I was talking about Dairy Queen over Christmas. Um, And those are things we don't want to hear about, right, when we're on a fast, But I do want to say to you that I do like fruit, all right? I do want want you to know that. And probably my favorite fruit are grapes. Uh, I remember growing up, my dad had two different kinds of grapes that he grew in the, the backyard. He grew the muscadines, and he grew the concord grapes. So that meant whenever I mowed the grass, I was doing a lot of eating as I was mowing the grass. My grandma had a... Had a huge line of muscadine grapes, probably about the, the the width of this stage, and I would have to mow around that and mow under that. And man, I'd be mowing under that and popping those muscadines and eating those while I was while I was taking care of of her yard. But in this verse that we read this morning from John chapter fifteen, Jesus is talking about grapes. And he doesn't mention grapes. He talks about fruit a lot, but I think we can assume that he's talking about this particular fruit because he's talking about the vine and it's in this conversation that Jesus makes what we might have learned back in the day in English class a compare and contrast he compare and compares and contrasts the difference between the the fruit and dead broken branches what do we know about fruit particularly what do we know about grapes. Well, if you don't know, I was studying this week a little bit about grapes, and here's what I learned about grapes. I learned that there are a lot of healthy benefits to eating grapes. Listen to this. It helps your immune system. It prevents cancer. It protects against diabetes. It helps maintain brain health and bone health, and it slows down aging, and it improves sleep, and it reduces high cholesterol. Talk about a super fruit. I mean, just a few weeks ago, I was about, I was throwing out uh, little Debbie uh, cakes, and and now we're talking about something that really can help us in in our, our nutrition, right? So he says a lot of good things about this fruit and says that we should bear not just a little fruit, but we should bear much fruit. And then he compares that to. Broken branches, particularly branches that may have been on a vine. And he says to us that when we look at withered branches, they're, they're really not worth a whole lot. The worth of these branches is really they can serve one purpose, and that is to start a what? That's it. I mean, can you think about anything else that these branches are worth? You really can't. They're not worth very much at all. And why is that? Why are these branches that at one time were vibrant and colorful and you you couldn't snap them if you tried because there was so much life? They were green on the inside. Why is that? It's because they're separated from their life source. Look what Jesus said. In verse 5, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Apart from me, just like these branches, apart from their tree, they can do what? And apart from Jesus, we can do what? And that was our key thought last week. Let me remind you of that. Last week, our key thought was apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. But what, what exactly happens to us? We understand it with with branches, but what exactly happens to us when we're separated from Jesus? Well, in verse 6, he says, he tells us. He says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. So Jesus uses this illustration to say, if we don't stay connected to him, we're just like a fragile, withered branch. And then he tells us something we all know about branches he says they gather these branches throw them in the fire and they're burned so today what I want to challenge you with is not a key thought today we do that often today I want to give you a key question and here's the key question of the day are you a fruitful follower or a broken branch I want you to just think about you today try not to think about your spouse married people Because you think, they really need to hear this. No, you need to hear this, and I need to hear this. So I want you to ask yourself that question. Are you a fruitful follower or a broken branch? Now, before we dive into this text, and we're going to unpack exactly what it means this morning in John chapter 15, it's so important, and you hear me say this a lot, context is key. And for us to understand anything we read in the Bible, we need to understand what's going on before it, And what's going on after it. And so I want us to put ourselves in the moment when this actually happened. The scripture tells us that John 13, 14, 15, and 16 were all spoken. Jesus' words and all the actions that took place took place in an upper room. That Jesus, the night before he went to the cross, he gathered the twelve in an upper room. And this is what we would call, for them it was a Passover, for us we call the Last Supper. And in John chapter 13, we we learn in that passage that Jesus does three things. John tells us that he took off his outer robe, he put on a towel, and he began to go around that room and wash those disciples' feet, all twelve of them, knowing what was coming. Something they had never seen him do before. And then on the heels of washing their feet, he would look around the room and he would predict and call out his betrayer, who we know was Judas. And he told him, he said, go do what you need to do. And at that point in John chapter 13, the 12 become 11 and Judas leaves the room. Then Peter saying, I got you back, Jesus. Jesus looks at him and he says, man, I know you said you'll go with me to the end, but you're going to actually deny me. Turn over to John 14. So on the heels of hearing these words, Judas has left the room he's going to betray. Peter is going to deny. He can tell that there is some tension in the room. Can you imagine what the tension would have been like? So he starts chapter 14 with comforting disciples. He says, listen, you believe in God, believe in me. I'm gonna leave, but I'm going to build a place where we can be there together. And then the questions start. And Thomas says, tell us the way, Lord. And Philip says, if you'll just show us the Father, then we'll know where to go. And Jesus says, look, Philip, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. And then he says that statement that we sang this morning. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he follows that up by saying, listen, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you by yourself. I am going to leave you the Holy Spirit who's going to come. And then you turn over to John 15 is what we just read, those eight verses. And Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me. And gives that illustration that we just talked about. And then he says to them, boys, I want you to know something. If the world hated me, they're going to hate you. You've seen what I've gone through, the persecution that I've faced. But it's coming for you as well. Man, you could have t- cut the, the tension in the room with a knife And then chapter 16 of John, Jesus would say to them, all right, remember I told you about the Holy Spirit? Here's how that's going to work. The Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to remind you of everything that I've said. He's going to teach you the things that I've already said to you. He's going to comfort you and encourage you. I will not leave you comfortless. And he says, guys, it's going to get worse before it gets better but your grief will turn to joy now it was in that setting sandwiched between the holy spirit is coming and here's what the holy spirit does 14 and 16 they would get 15 sandwiched between this holy spirit that they've not heard about think about that They've not heard about this Holy Spirit that's coming. And then Jesus tells them, okay, he's coming. He's going to keep you connected to me. And here's how it works. And guys, you're either going to be bearers of much fruit. Or you're going to be like dead branches that are worthless and thrown into the fire. And it is in that setting, right in the middle of those powerful statements and meaningful object lessons and uncertain predictions that Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. A branch cannot bear fruit By itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears what? Much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Wow. What powerful statements and teaching from Jesus in that moment. So let's look at this word abide which which kind of serves as our lead in to our theme for this year abide in me. What does that word abide mean? In the Greek it would have been pronounced meno. And it means to remain, not to depart, to continue to be present, to be held and kept continually we've been reading from the new king james is the verse version that says abide in me but other translations use words like remain live they use phrases like stay joined in me and get your life from me and as i was comparing and contrasting all these different translations of this verse this week i found a translation on friday y'all that just just made my heart leap, and I'm like, ah, that's it. That's the that's the way. I, I think my favorite uh, translation. It, it's a very not. It's a very obscure translation. I've heard it preached from for years. The J.B. Phillips translation says this: It is the man or the woman who shares my life and whose life I share who proves what. For the plain fact is, apart from me, you can do nothing at all. Man, listen to that, especially the first part of that. I love the way the Phillips translation says that. It's the man who shares my life and whose life I share. That means to us, if we're going to abide in him, look at me, look at me. We can't have secret compartments to our lives that we hide from him. He says, it's the man who shares all of me and whose life I share all of him that is fruitful. And he says, look, the the fact is, apart from me, you can't do anything at all. Now, again, let's go back to context. Who's he talking to? The disciples. How many are left? 11. Man, y'all are doing great listening this morning. But imagine you're hearing this And you spend every day with Jesus and he's about to leave and and three days from now, he'll resurrect from the dead and then 40 days from then, he'll go back to heaven. Six, less than six weeks they have with him. And the last six weeks that they had with him were not like the previous three years because he wasn't with them every day. He would kind of pop in and out. Jesus tells them something very interesting in verse, in verse 3 of chapter 15. As he's setting this whole thing up, and he says, The Father is the vine dresser, and those that bear fruit, he does what? Prunes. You know how this works at your house. I don't have to explain that with trees or fruit. And then he looks at them in verse 3, and he says, You, he's talking to the disciples, this isn't, this isn't us, this is them. You're already clean. You're already pruned. Is what he's saying. Because the word which I've spoken to you. I've been pruning you boys for three years. I've been cutting off. And you've been coming out. And then something else crazy came out. And I had to cut that off. And then I've been pruning and cutting for three years. And he says, boys, you've heard all there is to hear. For three years I've been pouring myself into you. You're ready for what's coming. So. The question I had to ask myself was, thinking forward, how did the disciples continue to abide in him? What did that look like for them? Well, you go to the book of Acts. First of all, they they walked in obedience because Jesus said, Go wait for the promise of the what? The Holy Spirit that I've been telling you about. And in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, we know that they wait in the upper room, 120 of them. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And at the end of chapter 2, we hear and see what it looks like to abide in Jesus. It says they devoted themselves. They did what? Devoted. They were committed. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which was whose teaching? Jesus, right? To fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayer. And verse 46 says, every day, they didn't just abide in him, they they would abide together. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They went to church every day. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of the people, and the Lord did what? added to their number daily, those who are being saved. I just want to stop right there and say to us, can I, get, can I challenge you with something that sometimes we're not real good about? We're real good about talking about God things and, and, uh, and Jesus things in this house, and then we'll get together and we'll play golf or we'll go fishing or we'll go shopping or we'll go eat, and we don't even mention it. Let's bring Christ into those moments. Let's push each other a little bit. Is that okay to say? Let's kind of ask each other how we do, and and, and as we're breaking bread, let's talk a little bit about what Jesus is doing in our lives. That's just a side note. But what about us? How do we continue to abide in him? Well, I give everybody two thumbs up this morning who's here, because you're doing it right now. Corporate worship, starting our week in the house of God with the people of God, singing the songs of God, hearing the Word of God, and praying to God. That is one way that we can abide in Him. We've been abiding in Him all week. If you've been a part of this prayer and fasting for the last seven days, we've been abiding through prayer and through fasting and through Bible reading and through corporate worship and through small groups and fellowship. When you listen to worship music, when you listen to sermons or podcasts, all of those things are ways that you can abide in him. And let me stop and I give, give my uh, every few weeks push for you guys to watch The Chosen. If you're not watching the, the television series, The Chosen, I have to say, what are you waiting for? This is the best thing that's ever been put out on the life of Jesus. Trust and I sat on the couch Friday night, and for the last 20 minutes, I just wept. I, I couldn't stop weeping as they as they showed us what it could have looked like in Mark 5 for Jesus to be going to Jairus' house and the woman with the issue of blood come up behind him and him heal her. Y'all, to see this, it's so powerful. So can I just push you, if you're not watching this yet, if you don't know how to get it, it's on Amazon Prime, it's on Netflix, they have an app. It's, the, it's so easy to get and it's a great way to stay connected to him. The bottom line is this, y'all. When we unplug from the world... And we plug into Jesus, we abide in Him, and that's that's a big part of what this is all about. Twenty-one days—it's to start the year, unplugging from the world and plugging in to Him. But what happens to us when we don't abide in Him? The New Living Translation says it like this: "Remain in Me, and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot bear fruit." Unless it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Anyone who does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is what? Withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire and they're burned. If something is withered, it's, it's just it's these branches. They're shriveled up. They're decayed. They're emaciated. We would say they are without what? Life. There's no life left in those branches. And what happens if we, were to, if we were to have a fire pit out here and we threw all these in there and we were to light them up, what would they do? They would light up quick and hot and they'd be gone how? Fast. You're exactly right. This is what we call, starts with a K. Anybody know? Kindling. Look at South Georgia go. You know exactly what I'm talking about. This is called kindling. And you break it up and you throw it in there. And some of these are so dead that, I mean, they're just, they're disintegrating in my hand because they've been apart from life for so very long. And the same is true for us. And I think about how a fire, this is what I thought about this week, how a fire works when when you have this type of wood. It lights up quick. It gets the fire started, but this part doesn't last very long. And it reminded me of the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 3 when Jesus talks about the person who receives the word with joy, and there's a lot of excitement, and there's a lot of exuberance, and there's umph, and there's joy. But when the trials come, the difficulties come, then the joy is gone. They fall away, Jesus says. That's an awful lot like these branches that we're talking about this morning. So I go back to my question of the day. As we're talking about much fruiter, broken branches. Are you a fruitful follower or a broken branch? Our goal is to be a what? A fruitful. All right, 9 o'clock. Y'all going to do better than that. Our goal is to be a what? A fruitful follower. Y'all start opening your mouths. I'll start tossing these out here. See if that'll help y'all wake up a little bit. So what does it look like? What does it look like if we become fruitful followers if we abide in him? I'm glad you asked that question because Jesus gives us three answers in, in these verses from five to eight. He says, this is what it looks like. First of all, he says, abiding in me, abiding in Jesus bears much fruit. I've been saying it over and over and over and over. You will not leave today with a fog. You will know what we're talking about. Abiding in Jesus bears much fruit. Somebody say much fruit. Look at it again. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, say it together, bears much fruit. Okay, there it is. Now, again, context. Jesus is about to leave his disciples They're gonna be faced with this dilemma of him not being present. Now, it's hard for us, I think, at times, would would you be honest and say sometimes it's a challenge to serve a God and a Jesus that I've never seen. Anybody be honest and say that's a challenge at times? Yeah, be honest, because at some point in time, and sometimes at many points in times in our lives, we'll stop and we'll be like, this is real. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Is this even real? Imagine the disciples, how hard it was for them to keep going after three three years of being able to touch him, of being able to rub shoulders with him, of being able to have a meal with him or go fishing with him or spend time with him. How much harder was it for them to keep this thing going? So why did Jesus urge them to abide in me? Because it was the only way they could productively serve him. If they wanted to do the greater things, he had already told them, you're going to do greater things than I did. If they wanted to develop the inner characteristics that they saw in Jesus, if they wanted to introduce other people to Jesus, they could not take matters into their own hands. They would have to rely upon him completely. For spiritual life and vitality. So now Jesus has left, he's gone 40 days later. How do they do that? The Holy Spirit. He gave it to him. He told him about it in 14, vining the branches. In 15, 16, he tells us what the Holy Spirit is going to do. And he describes the work. And he says, when he comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to remind you of everything that I've said. He's going to teach you. He's going to be your comforter. And once we see them filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, they were able to abide in Jesus like never before. Those boys were set on fire. It's like, are these the same 11 hard-headed guys who hung out with Jesus for three years? but did they get the job done? They were persecuted. They, were, they gave their life for their faith. But the book of Acts tells us that they excelled. They continued to abide in Him, and, and they, would, they would write letters and epistles and John would receive the revelation, and it worked. How do I know it works? Because we're here talking about it in 2023. That means it worked. That means they kept telling this story and they abided in him. And Jesus said, When we abide in him, we'll we'll bear how much fruit, y'all? What? Much fruit. So, what does much fruit look like? Well, Paul comes along, and you know where I'm going, Galatians 5. He said, This is what much fruit. If you've got much fruit. Not one, much fruit. It looks like this. Love, joy, peace, hang on for this one, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Y'all ain't ready for this. We talk about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. We roll them off. But y'all look at how this verse starts. But the what? The what? The Holy Spirit does what? How many of you that takes a little pressure off? Because I know in in less, less can't produce those fruit of the Spirit. It's got to be the Holy Spirit working through me. Amen? So that's what much fruit looks like. Again, are you a faithful follower, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so on? Or a broken branch? Now earlier in Galatians 5, Paul tells us what broken branches look like. He says, the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality. That is a New Testament umbrella word. Y'all ready for this? It means any sex, any sexual relations outside of marriage between one man and one woman for life. Everything else falls under that umbrella when you study it out. That means sex with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, living together, all that. It's still in the Bible and it's still the truth. Okay, we don't talk about it a lot. A lot of people don't live it. And we're, it's certainly not promoted in our culture, but it's an act of the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. That's a big scary word, isn't it? It just means immoral self-indulgence. Idolatry. That's, that's breaking number one of the first of the Ten Commandments. Don't have any other gods before me. Witchcraft. Hatred. Discord, stirring up junk, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgy, and the life, broken branches. Are you getting this? And he says, Paul says, listen, I'm just going to tell you. I've told you before. I'm going to tell you again. I told you before in Corinthians. But those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. How do people who know better and people who don't know wind up like this? It's because of what we said last week. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Consider this. I want you to think about this today because I'm all up in your business now. I'm in mine too, okay? If I'm not, if we're not bearing much fruit, not, well, I'm I'm good at joy. If I'm not bearing much fruit, then maybe there's a connection problem. Now, this illustration everybody's going to get. Because one of the most frustrating things in 2023 is when you're doing your work, or whatever you're doing, you're watching, or you're on your phone, and you get disconnected. There is a box that comes up. There's a problem with your internet service. Daggone it. What's going wrong now? You know, no storms, no nothing. What's wrong? It's frustrating, isn't it? Gets you upset. Might be something up there on that screen right now that will describe how you might feel. But what's the problem? There's a connection problem. There's a disconnect. There is a disconnect. And so can I just submit to you today that if you got more of that screen than the other screen, or or there's just a couple fruit of the Spirit that you're, he calls us to how much fruit again? Much fruit? Yeah, sets the bar pretty high. It's a connection problem. So the question again, are you a fruitful follower or a broken branch? That's the first point. The good news is the second and the third are much shorter. Number one, abiding in Jesus bears much fruit. Here's the second thing that Jesus tells us. Abiding in Jesus generates genuine prayers. Now watch this. Jesus says, if you abide in me, and if My words abide in you. Here it comes, a verse that we don't understand a lot. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. So here's here's what he's saying. If we genuinely are abiding and remaining and dwelling in Jesus, something will change in our prayer life. Something will happen to what we pray. Something will happen to why we pray. Something will happen to how we pray. Something will happen to, listen, how we understand the purpose of prayer. Why? Because when we abide, when we remain, when we live, when we stay joined to Jesus, it will impact the way we pray. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. So does this mean Jesus is saying we can ask for whatever we want and we'll get it? Boy, that would be nice, wouldn't it? And everybody would be on the bus. You talk about bandwagon fans. If it worked that way, my goodness. No, Jesus wasn't promising to give us whatever we wanted. What he did promise is that he would answer the prayers of obedient believers whose requests arise from a healthy relationship with him. As long as we remain in him and his words are in us, then our prayers and our desires will be consistent with his word. We won't be asking crazy wild stuff outside of his word. And when we pray prayers and we ask God to do things and he doesn't answer the way we would answer. For example, we prayed for them to be healed and they weren't healed here. We must lean into this word and understand that, yes, we wish God would have answered. And this is one of the biggest when it comes to that verse. Why didn't God heal them? It's because our purpose is not just for this life. His ways are higher than our ways. And when I understand his word, I can, I can wrap my brain around some of that. Sometimes I don't understand all of it. But what I do understand is that I can trust him. Because he's faithful and he's true. And so when we abide in him, our desires will line up with his desires. Some of you may be thinking about Psalm 37 where he says, the psalmist said, take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now a lot of times we quote the last part. The Lord will give you the desires of your heart. Well he will if you do the first part. There is a prerequisite to this verse. If you delight in the Lord, if you stay connected to Him, then guess what? Oh, His desires will become my desires. Big difference. Because look what the rest of the verse says it says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and this is what He'll do. He'll make your righteous rewards shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still, get connected, wait patiently. For him Jesus did what we're talking about right now do you think Jesus knew how to abide in the father you think he was pretty good at that you think he prayed prayers that were like what we're talking about right here moments y'all Maybe just a few hours after he would unpack this whole vine and branches thing, he would find himself having to practice what he just preached on his knees in the garden. And he's there at the moment. He knew this is why from the foundation of the world, the Scripture said, this was his purpose. I tell you all the time, it wasn't plan B. It was plan A all along. Things didn't get screwed up because somebody ate some fruit in Eden. This was the plan, and Jesus knows that. And even at the door seconds away from the plan falling into place and things, accelerating his his mission to the cross, he says, if there's any way out, I'll take the door to, to the left out. But what does he say? Look at it. Not my will, but your will. That's an abiding in me prayer. That's what a prayer looks like of somebody who's connected and remaining in him. Not what I want, but what you want. And Jesus gives that amazing example. So abiding in Jesus bears much fruit. It generates genuine prayers. And here's the last thing it does. It creates effective disciples. Watch this. Jesus says, by all this, by this connectivity, this bearing fruit... The Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will what? Be my disciples. There's a lot of people who attend church but aren't disciples. There's a lot of people who tithe and aren't disciples. There's a lot of people who serve and aren't disciples. How can you say that, Pastor? How do you know that? Consider this who was in Jesus' presence? On Jesus' team, did Jesus' work, was given authority to perform miracles, Matthew 13, 10 tells us, but was not abiding and remaining in him. Anybody know the answer? Judas. Perhaps Judas started as a faithful follower. But Judas wound up a broken branch. We can be in all of it. And this is one of the most scary things to me. For me and for you. About about living this Christian life. Is that we can surround ourselves with it. And saturate ourselves with it. And still be dead wood. And that's what Jesus says. But. He says. The living Bible says it like this. My true disciples. Produce bountiful harvest, and this brings great glory to my Father. See, our mission as Christ followers shouldn't be, if I can just make it to heaven, God just help me, I just want to make it in, I don't care. If I get a a D minus on the test, I just want to make it in. No. Our mission as Christ followers should be to become effective, useful, efficient, followers of Jesus, and to live as close to him as humanly possible so that when the world sees our lives, they can tell we've been with Jesus. That's what happened in the book of Acts. They looked at the disciples and they're like, we can tell these guys have been with Jesus. What's the difference? What did Jesus say? When we abide with him, we'll be effective, we'll be fruitful, Disciples, And what's true for us as individuals is true for us as a church. We cannot live out our love your city vision without being effective disciples. We can't hear his heart. We can't show his love. We can't see his kingdom unless we are effective disciples. So bringing this to a close. Let's see it. See it all together right here as you guys give me some background music. Abiding in Jesus does three things. It bears much fruit. It generates genuine prayers, and it creates effective disciples. Now, here's the result of all this. This might be my favorite part and the most amazing part of this entire verse. Jesus says that when all this happens in verse 8, look at it. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. The result of abiding in Jesus is that the Father is glorified. I know I've been talking a long time, but don't miss this, okay? Think about this. It's truly amazing and mind-blowing and it's, hum- it's, it's a humbling thought to consider that the creator of the universe The King of Heaven, the God of all gods, is glorified when we bear fruit. Don't miss this, guys. Jesus puts a a ribbon, he ties it up at the end here in verse 8 and says, Listen, when you live like this, you don't just bear fruit. The Father receives glory, the Father is honored. God, the Creator, is blessed when we live as fruitful disciples. So, how do we respond to a message like this? Last week we said that abide in me is a command to obey. And so, I gave you a blueprint of how we could obey that through a 21 day plan of prayer and fasting. And reading and unplugging the world and plugging into God, right? Today, I wanna to say this about Abide in Me. Abide in Me today is a prayer to pray. Those three words, we're gonna see them all year long as it's our theme for 2023, but this is a prayer that you need to insert into your prayer life every day. Why? Because apart from Him, We can do what? Nothing. A prayer to pray. And tomorrow, guess what? It just happens to be that tomorrow you're going to be reading John 15 and 16 in our reading plan. And the prayer point for tomorrow, we already looked at it, is that we pray over ourselves and our church and our families that we will abide in him. We have a choice. We can be fruitful followers or broken branches. So I ask you today, the question of the day again, are you a fruitful follower or a broken branch? Think about it. How, you're, how you are living your life right now. The rhythms of your life. The decisions that you're making. Look back in the rearview mirror at 2020, 2022 faithful follower broken branch I think probably for some of us we'd be standing here kind of like this anybody just give me a little tiny Presbyterian nod Yeah, kind of like this right this whole message today is designed to get rid of what's in the left hand And to realize that that God wants us to live. How much fruit? Much fruit. And that what we've been talking about this morning gives us the perfect blueprint for how that can happen. Let's stand together today as the worship team comes in. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word today. Jesus, I thank you that you made your word so plain for us to understand. This example is something that we can really wrap our brains around. And I pray right now in this room that you would begin to move in the hearts and the lives of the people that are here. Lord, you knew every person who would be here this morning and every person who would need to hear this message. Lord, you know every person here who's dealing with more broken branches than they are with with bountiful fruit. So, Lord, I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, which is the only way this can happen, you in us, that you would begin to move in our hearts and would begin to change us and convict us in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask us to bow our heads all over this room, and I want to ask this morning if there's anybody here today who would say, Pastor, I, uh, I am, my life is broken branches because I am so disconnected from Him. And you've been talking to me today, and I need to make things right put myself in a position where I can follow Jesus Christ I can put him first in my life because I can see there's a lot of broken branches and dryness in my life and I need Jesus in my life is there anybody like that today who would just raise your hand and put it right back down I want to pray with you anybody in the room like that thank you I just saw one person's hand go up is there anybody else in the room who would say that's kind of where I'm at pastor a lot of brokenness. There's two people's hands who've gone up. Anybody else who would say, that's, that's where I find myself. I'm away from him. Not been abiding in him. And I feel him calling me back to him. There's three hands that just went up. Anybody else before we pray today? As we get ready to pray over those who raise their hands, I just want to tell you, I'm so thankful that you're here today. That this message was for you, and for other people here this morning. And I want to lead us in a prayer today. And I want to ask you to pray this prayer after me. You may have prayed this prayer many times before, but this is a recommitment, I think, for many of us today to pray this prayer and to make this decision. I'm moving away from broken branches, and I'm going to move to be a faithful follower of Jesus. Let's pray this out loud together. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I find myself far away from you. I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I give you my brokenness today and pray you would make me whole. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross. I believe you raised him to life. I want to follow him as my Lord. From this day forward, help me to be a faithful follower and bear much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you a faithful follower or a broken branch? Again, I think a lot of us come into this service today and we're holding one of each. So today, the way we finish is the the main key thought of the day is this. Abide in me is a prayer to pray. To say to him, Lord, you see those places where I look at the, the fruit of the Spirit and I'm like, okay, okay, not okay, not okay, not okay. Lord, I need you to abide in me as we bow our heads this morning, here's what I want us to do. We're going to take a moment just for us to stand right where we're at and pray. And I'm going to give you a moment to talk to him. As the band softly plays, I'm going to stop talking, and I'm just going to quietly pray for you. And let's take a moment right here where you're at to just pray that prayer. Lord, abide in me. Whatever he's spoken to you today, begin to talk to him right now. Let's pray. me in your love. Bring me to my knees. May I know Jesus more and more. Can we sing this out today as a prayer. Come live in me. Come live
1: in me all oh my
0: Course again this morning. I'll offer that up as a prayer to Him today. Come on, let's say it. Here I am waiting About
1: Sing it out today.
0: pray this over my life, I pray this over our church family today, that God, we would abide in you, that we would bear much fruit, that we would pray genuine prayers, we would be effective disciples, all for the glory of God the Father. Help us to go out this week and put this message into practice and to continue to pray this prayer, abide in me, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in worship today. We'll see you back tomorrow night, 630, Family Life Center, for a night of prayer.